to our Big Three podcast where we sit down and unpack three big questions from our Sunday sermon that were raised by our online congregation. My name is Jodine and I'm the host for today because our preacher for the week was our regular host, Matt Willis, and he joins us on the couch today. Matt, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. What does it feel like to be on the other side? I feel like, I, it's, I've got to admit, so like... That was my comfort zone. Like I liked being the one who controlled the questions and now I'm expected to have the answers and that's slightly intimidating. So yeah, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm ready. It's, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and our co-host today is the incredibly talented Roxanne Lawler who brings life and light wherever she goes. Mm-hmm. Rox, how are you going with the COVID-19 situation and doing the stay at home thing? Um, secretly, I think I'm loving it, actually. Um, we've been trying to renovate our laundry for the past 12 months. <laughs> yes. We are the world's slowest renovators. So we're the naughty people up at Bunnings. Uh, I have tried to purchase flour so I can get into this whole sourdough thing that everyone's... Oh, yeah. No, can't do it. Can't do it. So no sourdough at our house. Just a whole lot of painting. That's great. At least you're sticking to the one project because I think people are being overwhelmed. It's like, okay, I've got to do sourdough. I've got to make kombucha. I've got to do all the crazy (laughs) things that, you know, everyone's doing. But just get the main things done and you'll be very satisfied after that. Oh, well done. Great to have you with us today. This week, Matt shared about how Jesus is better as we continued on in our anchored series that focuses on the book of Hebrews and how it challenges us to not drift away from Jesus. So you can listen to that message on our GBC sermons or also on our YouTube channel, which is Guy Me Baptist Church, and watch our service there again. But today, we're looking at three big questions that were submitted via Slido by our online congregation. So let's get into the big three. So the first question that we have is in response to kind of that shame and honour discussion that we continue to have over the last couple of weeks. Uh, And that was the culture that existed at the time that the letter to the Hebrews was written. And the first question is this, what does it mean to wear the shame of the Saviour? Yeah, I guess guess this whole idea of the shame of the Saviour is that Jesus was very much countercultural. Um, he stood out. He didn't conform to what the world said um, would bring you value and honor and and worth. And um, and so as a result, he was he was noticeable. Like people kind of saw him because of that. And some of them they saw him for bad reasons. Some of them saw him for good. But I think when we when we kind of unpack this idea of wearing the shame of the savior what we if we look further back we we actually see that it, this is being god's mo from very early on like i mean kind of his dna yeah it is because you know the second that sin came into our world this world became disaligned with who god was and the creation that he made it to be and so since then since sin has been present in this world the world has always kind of been at odds with the very nature of who god is and um yeah there's been this disalignment um and you know we see that in old testament law uh when you know god didn't give the israelites the law so that they could go around knocking on people's doors saying you should live this way it was so that the israelites by living that way they would live a life that was more aligned with who god is and less aligned with 
the, the values and, and the perceptions of the world. And that's where God kind of said, you know, by following this law, people will know that I'm your God and that you are my people, that we're actually connected, that there's an alignment between us. Um, and as a result, you should stand out. Like the nation should be able to identify you and identify the fact that because you're different, that connects you with me. And then I think Jesus, you know, just reinforces this and kind of continues along kind of the company line, so to speak. Um, you know, even the fact that he's the Messiah, he, his fulfillment of being the Messiah was done in such a different way to what, you know, the, the Jewish um, culture believed the Messiah would be. Like they thought they were Absolutely. getting this political leader, this mm. guy who was going to rally the people and kind of overthrow Rome. And in comes this son of a carpenter who, you know, grabs a few followers and just trots around the street, kind of talking to people who um, you shouldn't be talking to and challenging people that you didn't challenge and kind of teaching his thing. And and it was just so different. And he's saying, you know, I'm the saviour that you've all been waiting for. And they're like, uh-uh, no, you're not. Cause because he was extraordinarily ordinary to yes. some degree. And, and he, was, he was just so different to what they expected. And so if we're going to be followers of Jesus, it, it means the whole idea of wearing the shame of the saviour is that we too should stand out, um, you know, and we should be countercultural. People should be able to look at our lives and kind of go, there's something different about you and it's different to what this world would expect and that that should connect us with Jesus. It's that whole, you can talk the talk, but do you walk the walk? Mm. I mean, it's super easy for us all to kind of go, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm going to pop that badge on and wear it throughout the day and everyone will know that I follow God. But actually, <laughs> is the way that you're living are your actions and your attitudes actually reflecting God? Um, would people be able to know that you're a follower of Jesus if you didn't say it? Like if we weren't allowed to say, I'm a Christian, would people actually be able to tell the difference? And James talks about this heaps. You know, his whole argument is faith without deeds is dead. It's that whole, you should be living your faith out loud. Like people should be able to tell that you're a Christian through your actions, not just through your words. Because there should be this countercultural kind of um, disconnect between us and, and the values of the world. Um, and, you know, and that, the world will question us on that. The world will be confused by that because um, it's not used to people kind of going, no, nah, I don't agree. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to conform. Uh, but there's a bigger picture here. You know, Jesus is better. The things that he offers us so much greater than anything that the world can offer us. And so wearing the shame of the savior is a small price, I think, to pay, um, despite the fact that the world will question it and the mm. world will be confused by it. Um, but we should stand out. We should be different. Great. Yeah. There you go. That's Alignment. my little two cents. <laughs> <laughs> Rox, what's your take on this? Yeah, I think um, that wearing the shame piece for me is really interesting. I look back at that shame and on our culture that they were living in. And when you did something shameful, it didn't just rest on you. Um, it was actually your entire family, your clan. Mm. They lived in a very collective mm -hmm. society where we're very individualistic. You know, if I'm shamed, well, it's just me and that's it. Um, whereas, you know, for them, it was, it was a shared experience. Um, and so just keeping that in mind, it reminds me of when Jesus says to his disciples, um, if the world has rejected me and treats me poorly, well, how much more will they treat you and reject you, you know, treat you poorly and reject you poorly? Um, 
because when we um, experience the shame of Christ, um, we share in his shame in that collective fashion, the way they did back then. Um, and so sharing the shame of Christ collectively actually means that we are family mm. with Christ. You know, we, we identify um, with Christ as his brothers and sisters. There's a real intimacy to that. Mm. Um, it's really about our relationship with Jesus. He is shamed, so therefore we are shamed. Mm. So we shouldn't be surprised when the world rejects us because it rejected Christ. Um, we shouldn't be surprised when people roll their eyes at us because it rolls their eyes still at, at Jesus. Um, but we can we can wear that shame of Christ almost with pride as well. I don't know if that's a strange thing to say, but it, it actually means that we are family, that God has called us into this new experience of intimacy with him. And yeah, he is shamed. And, and you know what? That's me too. Um, and it basically just means that he has called me into this new experience of family and I'm going to take it. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, I'm in Jesus. You know, if they're going to shame you, then they're going to shame me and, and I'm for that. And just being brave enough to accept that. Yeah, absolutely. Just on that, like I love the, that idea of we need to take pride in the shame because like, and, and particularly in this passage in Hebrews that we looked at on, on Sunday in Hebrews 2, where it's talking all about the humanity of Jesus. Like, it, it speaks a lot about how Jesus lowered himself. He put himself into a position of shame. And that's actually how he achieved, like, his greatness comes from his shame or, or assuming a position of shame. And so that same promise is given to us. Um, his death was shameful, but then his resurrection was victorious. And we're told that, you know, if we die in Christ, we live in him as well. And so through wearing his shame, we actually receive glory and honor as well. So it's that. And once again, super countercultural. That's not how our world functions. That's not what our world expects, that by doing something lesser, that you're mm. going to be greater. But that's exactly what Jesus achieved on the cross. And that's what we receive Absolutely. through relationship the with him. The first will be last. The last should be mm -hmm. first. It's it's biblical. It's in there. It's in there. <laughs> the ironic, paradoxical, upside-down kingdom. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Great insights. Thank you so much. No worries. <laughs> so we're rolling into our second question, which is, what does it look like to rally together as a community outside of a church building? Now, this question is probably a little bit should I say, overshadowed by our current situation yeah, of social isolating <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Um, Matt, what does it mean to rally together as a community? Yeah, I think, I think this is, a, it's a tricky question because everyone's different and everyone has their own idea around um, what community looks like. Everyone has their own expectations around what community should be um, and even the regularity of community. Um, so I actually think a, a helpful starting point is for us all to kind of take that that self-reflection, that, that personal audit of asking the question, well, what am I choosing? Like, am I choosing to actually be a part of this community? Um, what's my intention to connect with this body of Christ, this community of believers? Because ultimately, the church is here, right? The church is, it's happening despite the fact that we're in a pandemic and we're not meeting physically. Like, the <laughs> church is present. Like, we in different are ways. In different ways. Um, but the church is present and the church is made up of people who are doing the same life journey as each and every one of us. Like, we're, 
we're asking the same questions, we're struggling with the same challenges, we're caught in that tension between God and the world and wearing the shame of the Savior and, you know, those subtle temptations to drift away. Like, we're all, we're all doing it. The question is, do, you, do we want to do it together? Um, and I think that was, you know, part of what I was talking about on Sunday is that, you know, for those of us who, who choose to do it by ourselves, those voices that come from the world, even if they're a whisper, can sound like a, a scream. But when we rally together, um, the, the voice of the world kind of minimizes and we can collectively, as you were saying, rocks, like wearing that shame calls us into relationship. So are we actually willing to be a part of that relationship together and that community together and you know I think the church offers opportunities to help you in that way um you know we have life groups we have um you know big three podcasts we have big three podcasts (laughs) hello thank you very much I love a good free plug um you know we've moved online we um you know and (laughs) might seem like I've got an interior motive here because I run a ministry but you know you can serve like man uh, and here's another free plug um you know the youth team, gosh, I love them, and I love doing life with them. Um, by us serving together, we really rally together and 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 get to um, build each other up and support one another. And and I I think I hope I speak on their behalf um, that by by serving together, we've been able to do life together, and 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 there has really been that sense of connection to the community. Can I just say, uh, one of the things that stands out uh, when you're speaking is that, okay, there's a lot of opportunities, but one of the definitive factors is your intention. Yeah. And that is critical to how you relate to that group of people. Absolutely. So you you have to make, you have to make the choice because church is ultimately what you make it. The the church community is what you make it. Um, Anything in life is what you make yeah, it. Absolutely, and and you know sometimes you know it can kind of be like, well, what what's the church doing for me? Have you actually put yourself in the church? Um, because I dare say, you know, the question talked about how do we rally as a community um, outside of this building? You know, how do you be a part of this community first within this building and then outside of this building? Like, are you? Are you putting yourself out there? Um, and, you know, like I said, the church offers opportunities for you to to help facilitate that connection. But also, you know, there are it happens organically as well. Um, one of my favorite things, and this is just a random story that kind of, I think, speaks to it. But we, you know... Uh, we were, my wife and I were coming to the evening service and the midwife who actually delivered our second son and her husband came to church and we were like, hey, like, <laughs> uh, different context, great to see you. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a PM dinner and they stuck around and that was their choice, right? Mm. They stuck around. They just kind of opened themselves up to some organic connection and organic community. And as a result, they sat at our table, which was with our life group. The very next week, they were in a life group. They were connected, and and just, like they just they made a choice to stay. They made a choice to connect, and as a result, they found themselves in this community, and they found that they found that the community actually rallied around them. And so, you know, we, it starts with well, what's your choice? Mm. What do you want the church community to be, and do you want to be a part of it? Because it has to start there. Yeah. Because you you can't rally as a community if you're not a part of the community. Mm, absolutely. Rox, any thoughts? Yeah, I really like that intentionality piece, actually. And I think that's really crucial for the season we find ourselves in. Absolutely. Um, there's a, a great expression that I always think of. It's that we judge other people by their actions, 
but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Mm. And um, I think in this season of, of COVID, um, we can be quick to judge. We can be quick to look at how churches are responding in this season and who's doing what and, and um, our church is opening because they want the offering plate passed around. We can have all these kind of negative voices. And um, that intentionality piece, I think, extends to our attitudes in how we respond to um, to to what the church and the big C church, the global church, is doing, not just you know little guy me a Baptist church in our neck of the woods, um, but that in, that intentionality piece, I think. Well, um, am I speaking life in my social media? Um, am I encouraging other churches? Um, am I getting behind um, and and speaking life over different? Um, church activities, you know, new ways of doing things, fresh expressions of the church. Am I being intentional in that? Or am I kind of, you know, sulking in the corner with my arms folded, uh, frowning and saying, well, that's not the way I think it should happen. Um, That's not the way it used to be. So there's an intentionality that needs to exist in our attitude as well and um, and the life and the truth that we speak. And we need to be um, people who who share hope and positivity in this Mm. space. And um, and so for me, um, being part of this bigger picture of where the church is going, it's it's lending your voice to that positivity, being intentional in that mm. um, rather than sort of being a, a bit of a stick in the mud um, a drag along. There's something practical, I think, that yeah. we can do. And I... And on that, like, I think that intentionality then continues into, I guess, ultimately what this question's asking is how do we rally? I think how we rally is that we ensure that when we spend time in community together, whether it's just one-on-one or as a group, that we're actually having intentional faith conversations. Asking the real questions. Ah, getting because, about the business. Man, like, and you know, just to show behind the curtain, um, you know, as a staff, we have our morning Zoom meetings where we break yeah. off um, into rooms and pray for one another. We show, our, show each other our fingers, yeah, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Fingers, like, <laughs> fingers? How, how, how are you going? going? I'm a four. How are you going? I'm a, You're yeah, five. All that kind of stuff. But, you know, how often do, or I don't know, maybe it's just me, but, you know, I get into that breakout room and we're meant to pray and really it's just a, hey, how you going? And we ask, like, how's your day been? What's, you go- like, what's going you on? How are you doing? Yeah. 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 The how are you? But, mm. like, and, and then the one-minute countdown comes on. It's like, oh, we actually haven't prayed for each other. Like, whoops. Like, and, mm. you know, we kind of laugh about it. But I think we do that too, too often. Um, in in a number of areas of life, we may be we may have close friends who are Christian, but are, are we actually going? Hey, how's your like, spiritual how, life? How going? is your walk with Jesus going? Yeah. Like, yeah, what's going on? Like, how is coronavirus impacting your relationship with God? Is it is it strengthening it? Is it weakening it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what was it about the message this week that stood out for you? Like, what are you reading? How can I pray for you? We don't ask that question. I feel like we we feel awkward even with people who who believe and declare the same things as us. And isn't it funny? We have a sense of shame about it. Like we're oh talking gosh, about yeah. the shame of the saviors. Like we've just got shame in our general yeah, life. <laughs> like, but it, it's true. And so like once you've intentionally made the decision to be a part of the community, that's only the first step. Yeah. Then it's about intentionally saying, hey, I'm going to like I'm actually like let's have a real conversation. Mm. Um, and you know, that doesn't mean you don't do that with everyone, and I get that. But who are your people? Who are your people? Who are the people in your community who you can say, I'm going to rally around you, and I'd love for you to rally around me. And let's just let's just be real. Mm. Like, let's just talk about faith. Because it is hard. Like, anyone who says that faith isn't hard, 
I don't know. I don't know what's going on for you because, I, like, man, I work in a church. Like, I, I hang out with Christians every day, and I struggle. Like, there are days that I struggle. I know I'm annoying at times. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel, right? Like, yeah, it's just faith is yeah. hard, and so when we do it by ourselves, if we're not actually having those real conversations. Oh man, I, I don't know. I don't know how we can do it. So, like taking those opportunities to receive prayer, um, being vulnerable with actually no. Like, let me tell you, this thing that I'm dealing with, it's hard, and and yeah, it is shameful because maybe it's sinful. But I need I need some accountability. I need some love. I need some grace. Um, and just doing it together because, and, and I will say, um, you know, those relationships that I have in my life best relationships that I have in my life because, you know, we're actually able to just be honest with one another and there's this, uh, there's just this, this freedom Mm. and, you know, we talk about how it brings shame and how we all are kind of navigating our own shame. When I actually put all my shame on the table, oh, that's when it, that's when I feel the most free from it. Mm. Um, So, are you being intentional about being a part of the community of God? And then once you're in it, are you being intentional about using that community to rally around them and to allow them to rally about around you? I think so good, man. And, to, and to stay and be on purpose and yep. become a whole yeah. life learner in oh, that community. And just all of our values, go figure. Like that's how but you Matt, could rally together <laughs> yeah. as a community. It really sounds like you've experienced that though. You've experienced the lack of it and you've experienced oh, the, yeah, the think, richness of it. And, and I think everyone has it. And, yeah, and yeah. that's why we're hungry for it. Yeah. Right? That's but the, the veil is thin between talking about the natural and talking about the supernatural, mm. the spiritual. Yeah. Um, and the, the line is, is there and, and we come close to the line, but sometimes we don't cross the line. But um, in your experience by the sounds and in my experience once you've crossed the line and you've said actually can I pray for you and Mm. we're going to do that right now Mm. or or how you've asked the question or you've you've you know keyed in on on somebody's need um it actually becomes easier the next time and and the next time and the next time and then it becomes how did I live without this Mm. you know how have I had relationships without um inviting the Holy Spirit into this space um and it sounds like that's what you know like your your great relationships you're talking about they're the ones that you're 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 inviting um God to do that work in and you've crossed that line or yeah absolutely through the veil. and I guess it's just a really great uh, observation that um, things that are often hard and difficult uh, at the start can often be the best things that you have in your life so great way to finish up on that question as we roll into number three So our third question from our congregation is how do we approach the topic of faith to people who have already drifted away rocks Yep. I'm going to start with you. All right, cool. Um, well, I often think about um, something that Mark Rader says, and he says we're actually called to be a witness. We're not called to be a judge. Um, mm. We're not called to be the one that decides the case. All we are called to do is to be a witness for Jesus. Um, and that means just speaking about what we've seen and what we've experienced and what we've heard, our, our reality, and, and just sharing that. Mm. And I think... Um, when we when we live our lives, we need to do that as Christians in a way that's quite transparent um, and quite authentic. We don't want to compartmentalise our, our faith as though we were ashamed, to mm. use the word of the day, of it. We want to um, live a life of, of congruence where, where we are the same in the home as we are in the work, as we are at the shops, as we are at the beach. Um, we are the same person. And, and I think if we're living our lives authentically and we're able to speak and be that witness, then for those people who've 
who um, who may have walked away from their faith or who are teetering on the edge, um, we we're not kind of really hiding our Christian relationship. We're just being ourselves and and saying, well, this is this is how it is for me. Mm. Um, and we don't want to be ashamed of, of Christ. Um, we don't want to beat them over the head with the Bible, but mm. we're just called to be authentically ourselves. Um, and I think that's really all we can do. Um, we're not responsible for other people's faith. Uh, that's there between them and God. Mm. But we are responsible for um, being loving and being um, caring for others, to put them before ourselves, but also to live our, our lives authentically and, and not to shy away from the fact that we do love Jesus and he is alive and active in our lives and yeah. that's what we've experienced. Oh, I love that. That's great. It's a really interesting point, isn't it, that throughout our lifelong journey, we are constantly reconciling our identity and who we are through all different stages of our life, whether it be in adolescence when you're a kid and working out who you are to your 20s and 30s and even you know in later life uh, as you are older and maturing, uh, let alone put an overlay of faith on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, understanding that new character and image that we talked about earlier in question one, it's it's a challenge. But I think I really like that direction of um, the congruence in life because mm. if you're living it from the heart, it's going to overflow into every area of your life. Mm. Matt, what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I think like something that Rock's picked up is that idea of it needs to be free from judgment. Um, yeah. And it, <laughs> it's a random place where I heard this from, but I heard Kristen Bell <laughs> say that her her therapist once told her that honesty without tact is cruelty. Mm, And I think sometimes, um, you know, the, the truth of Jesus is, is ultimate. Like it is, it is truth. And we want to speak that truth honestly into people's lives. But sometimes if we do it without tact, it can be quite cruel because really for someone who, who is drifting away and, 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 you know, I, little real talk like I've had moments where I've contemplated the idea of of drifting away like faith is hard and it's like man is this worth it like is Jesus better but something that has you know constantly brought me back is is my experience of of God and that I know that he is true and I know that he is present and 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 I've experienced him in really profound ways and and I believe that any anyone who has had a faith has had a similar experience that they know the truth of Jesus they've experienced the promptings of the holy spirit and that remains in them even if they've drifted away and so I think people who are drifting away have drifted away it's still within them and there probably is still a, a, a bit of shame associated with that they've just you know maybe pushed it down nice and deep Mm -hmm. and so if we come at them in a way that is without tact and and can be cruel we're just exacerbating that shame that might already remain in them and so you know I think as we journey with Mm -hmm. them and Rox I loved what you said about you know we're called to be a witness and we're just called to continue to love them and love Jesus Mm -hmm. at the same time and you can do it at the same time and I think the way that that can look is simply with with patience and and grace. Um, I don't think we will pull people back in with one good conversation. Like you're in it for the long haul. If if you if you care for this person, if you love them enough to care that they're drifting away, then then you're signing up for a long term commitment to to help to help that person come come back. Um, and so you need to be patient. There will be stumbling blocks. There will be moments where they challenge you and push you and maybe even push you away um, because that's, you know, that's just a reflection of maybe the 
the battle that they're having with Jesus. And so you need to be patient with that and, and you need to be gracious because far out, like we all fall short of the grace of God. Like, don't forget that like what they're dealing with that exists within each of us. Like, and, and so we just need to be gracious of that. Hey, I, I get that that is a hard you know, that's a hard question to reconcile with. Maybe your experience has been a real brutal one. And, and where is God in that? Um, you know, these questions that you've got, you don't get a clear answer. And sometimes that can really mess with your head. Um, the world is just constantly at you. You've got expectations and you feel like you're not meeting them and that God's actually making life harder for you. Uh, oh, like we've all had that internal thought um and we've all battled with that i think and so being gracious and being like i want to validate how you're feeling um uh, like i understand where that's coming from um i love you i love jesus this is what jesus tells me this this is you know how i live in that tension um and and appreciating the fact that just because you live in it right now doesn't mean that they're going to pick it up and run with it straight away and that you just got to be that constant you just got to be that constant. And that's why the patience has to be in that as well. Can I ask you both a question? Can you think of a time, if you can reflect back, where maybe you have drifted from your faith? What was it from other people that encouraged you forward? Because I think often we're like, oh, it's on our own back to try and fix ourselves and move forward. Yeah. And I think that's the place where it becomes struggle when it's just uh, our own sort of downward spiral. It's hard to get yourself out of it. When you've been in that place, maybe doubting or experiencing hard times, mm. what was it from other people that helped you through that? Yeah. Um, me? I mean... Sure, I'll jump in. Maybe you. Okay. Probably <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, for me, I think it's um, long-term relationships with Christians and, and seeing their faith played out through through you know the trials of life so to speak yeah over over a number of years like that's that's reality like journeying with people in our community um through thick and through thin mm. and seeing how they have clung to jesus and and god has been faithful um you know things that have happened in their lives are uh, their um their character their heart their their the peace that passes understanding, you know, the love for others. Like you can't, you can't explain that away. So, so maybe someone that's ahead of the game in you, so to speak. Yeah, someone who really um, resembles Christ. Mm. I can't explain that through. Oh, they're just a good person. Yeah. You know, I can't explain that through. Oh, that's because they've lived a charmed life when they haven't. Yeah. Sure. Um, so sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is a word in season, and mm. I don't want to discount that. Mm. Um, but sometimes actions do speak louder than words. Mm. And to see um, people's um, lives played out over a long time, you can see now they re- that God is real in their lives, that mm. God is real. Mm. Um, and that's who I want to be like. Yeah, I love yeah. the phrase, um, a long obedience in the same direction. Yes, it can be just that. such yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A, a witness, as you were talking about, mm. to us. Yeah, yeah. Matt, was it, what was your experience of that? Can you think of one? Yeah, I d- I definitely can. Like I said, I've had those moments. I think, you know, I was a late bloomer to Jesus, um, came to, came to Christ later in life, um, in my late teens. And, and for the first few years I was, I was doing it alone. I, I came to know Jesus at a youth camp that ran in the school holidays. It wasn't connected to a church or anything like that. Um, and so I, I would come home and I, I didn't have a church community. I didn't like, none of my friends were Christian. Um, and, and so, yeah, like I just, I fumbled my way through it. I was like, I, I want to follow God, but it's super hard. No one's supporting me. What changed it um, for you? What changed it for me was I, 
I had an intentional friendship. Um, uh, one of my best mates, um, who actually really, I would say, led me to faith because as much as I kind of I knew who Jesus was and I, I was trying to trying to get to faith, he really got me over the line. Mm. Um, and it was because he was willing to be vulnerable. He was really willing to be intentional. Um, we shared our stories. Um, we shared our struggles. We saw the similarities in them. And we just kind of um, kind of carried each other through that hard season. Um, and, and it was oh, far out. It was invaluable. Like it was just, um, I saw so much of um, the faith that I wanted in in this person, and um, and he really kind of allowed the like pulled the curtains back, and because I think sometimes we can look at people and we'll be like, man, you've got it all sorted out, and so I'm not really willing to be real because you don't have shame, but I do. And he just pulled the curtains back, and he's like, yeah, check it out, like yeah, <laughs> here, here wow. it all is. Yeah. Um, and it was like, man, like thank you, like. Because I just felt so alone in in everything, and and just having that, even just one person. Like I still didn't have a church community, um, not for a number of years afterwards. But just having that one person changed everything for me. And I think that really speaks to your sermon where you're talking about who's that person you can get in touch yes. with, who's that person you can have a connection with, a relationship that will grow uh, your faith and help cultivate that. Because so. it works. Yeah. 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 The other thing too, I think we need to not just, and this is the Christian answer, but uh, I just think it needs to be said. <laughs> Fair <laughs> is, call. Uh, just don't discount the power of obedient prayer. Mm. Like, you know, if you've got someone in your life, you know, your children or your, um, you know, friends that have drifted away from God and they've they've shut the doors and, and off they've gone, don't discount faithful prayer. You mm. know, um, I have seen people um, who have been walking, you know, completely in the other direction away from God, turn back to God yep. and, and have their lives transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, suddenly they're evangelists uh, and they can't stop talking about Jesus and will not shut up about him. Um, and, and I've seen that done through the power of just faithful prayer. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to, you know, all those people out there that are, mm. you know, feeling just, you know, all cut up because, you know, their kids are away from the Lord at the moment or mm. um, their friends are or their spouse or whatever, you know, just... God is faithful and he hears the prayers of the faithful. So just keep at it, my friends. Great way to finish up. Well, thank you both for sharing your thoughts today and joining me on The Big Three. (laughs) If you want to be part of our Big Three conversation, then join us as part of our online services at gbconline.org.au and you can click on the QR code, which will take you to the Slido platform where you can ask questions. And just a reminder to those who are listening to our audio podcast, you can actually join us for the Big Three podcast through video that's viewed on our gbconline.org.au platform at 7pm on Wednesday nights. If you've enjoyed the Big Three podcast, then please take the time to give us a star rating uh, and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with future episodes. Thanks so much for joining us for the Big Three this week, where we take a deep dive into God's invitations for us all. And remember, there's no thought too big or question that is too big. See you later.